from New Hampshire Public Radio, this is Stranglehold, a look into the people and power behind the first-in-the-nation presidential primary. I'm Jack Rodoligo. So throughout this podcast, we've talked to a lot of insiders, people who know they have political power and who hold on to it. But in this episode, we're going to bring you a different perspective, one that challenges what passes for normal discourse in this state. Because as you are about to hear, you know what it takes to rattle the cage of a bunch of insiders? A bunch of outsiders. I mean, it just seems like nobody has a true answer why New Hampshire is still first in the nation when you guys are just not diverse enough to represent America as a whole. Let's get into it. Last month, I got this email. It was from a political science professor in Virginia who's teaching a course called The New Hampshire Primary. And she told me she was bringing 28 of her students to New Hampshire in January, right when the campaign trail was getting red hot. This class, it sounded like some kind of political fantasy camp. For one week, they'd be fully immersed in the primary, experiencing it firsthand. The retail politics, the campaign rallies, house parties with candidates, also closed-door sit-downs with local politicos and campaign organizers, and journalists. Can you walk me through your week a little bit? Like, you have done... All kinds of stuff. This is like a side, collective side. It's been like the longest. <laughs> We've been here forever. Week of my life. They're from Virginia Commonwealth University. I asked a handful of them into the studio. Two freshmen, a sophomore, a junior, and a senior. And their teacher, Dr. Ali Reckendorf. Yeah, so I wanted them to tell me not just that I really like politics, because most people in political science, all 700-plus majors that we have, really like politics. That's why it's their major. Dr. Reckendorf says the students she let in to her political fantasy camp, they are not slumping in the back of the room staring at Instagram kids. These are engaged thinkers who all want to work in politics someday. So what did they do in a week in New Hampshire? To Rajay Jenkins, for one, she didn't expect much. I thought that it was going to be like boring, not really going to see too many people. But it was not boring. Anything but. They were in the room when a guy disrupted an Elizabeth Warren rally. They attended a rally for Tulsi Gabbard. All this audio, by the way, comes from Taraje's phone. Some of them canvassed for campaigns. I heard about knocking on doors last night. Oh, <laughs> oh, it was a mess. Why was it so bad? So, um, this is Sarah Webb. She knocked on doors for Andrew Yang. They didn't give us a contact number, 
even uh, for like anybody to call and be like, please come pick us up. We can't feel our toes. Some of the students phone banked for Joe Biden. <laughs> Biden, yeah, was so Jill funny. Biden oh. came. She came and she phone banked with us. With um, Jill Biden? Yes. yes. Yeah. No, Jill Biden. Jill Biden was and I want you to vote for my husband. So how can I convince? <laughs> I'll tell you how I can If you boil down all the myths and traditions of the New Hampshire primary into one breakneck week, that's what these students got. And it was a rush. Oh, my God. I, like, black out when I talk to them. I, like, can't remember what I say. I remember I was talking to Tulsi, and I went up to her, and I, like, shook her hand, and I asked her a question. I had, but, like, I do not remember what she said. Oh. <laughs> like, back to me, I was just looking into her eyes, and I got lost. But it's, it's surreal, like, being able to actually meet these people. It seems like you have a little bit of the primary glow. I know yeah, you're not, even though the bad Yang experience. No, I experience. got the glow. I saw Warren today. I got to hug her. I touched her dog. <laughs> Moments like these, they are powerful for voters. And for a bunch of political science nerds, it was intoxicating. But as Will Milo says, that intoxication came with a hangover. I think every time I met with a positive, I also see it as a negative because while it's so fun to see like Elizabeth Warren today and get to see her dog and everything, it's like this never would have happened if our teacher hadn't offered to bring it up to us because it's only for New Hampshire. And I feel also every time we go somewhere, they ask, oh, are you New Hampshire voters? And immediately when we say, oh, we don't live in New Hampshire, there's like a click. They're like, oh, we don't have to worry about you as much. The students attended a lot of candidate events, house parties, stuff like that. And Kelsey Rudd says that in those forums, she noticed this kind of trend. Most of the crowds were older, so the issues that were brought up were about retirement and the environment and things like that. And those are important issues, but the issues that as a Virginian and as a person of color that have been instilled in me are more like police brutality and the criminal justice system Mm -hmm. and immigration and things like that. And I understand that New Hampshire might not have like a large immigration crowd. And a lot of heads nodding around the table with that point. Those issues that you tick through, it seems like those are important to everybody. Definitely in my top three. Yeah. To be clear, New Hampshire voters do question candidates about immigration and criminal justice. But it's not hard to imagine that those issues would come up on the campaign trail a lot more and with greater urgency. If the road to the White House started in Richmond or Atlanta or Houston, but the road to the White House doesn't start in those places. It starts in Iowa and New Hampshire. Do you all have a sense of New Hampshire people being yeah. here and voters yeah. like do do you get a sense of so nice you're saying so nice they're very nice yeah very nice says Taraje until you question the primary oh they were all nice and stuff that you brought up oh um y'all are first in the nation and why do you have that you know you guys like diversity and it's like automatic they're not that nice anymore they're defensive defensive when the VCU students weren't meeting with candidates They were meeting with local politicos in New Hampshire, officials from the state Democratic and Republican parties. And they asked them about the primary. The students wanted to know if this state doesn't accurately represent the country's diversity, then what right does New Hampshire have to be first in the nation? When people talk about it, they get like um, their eyes glaze over and they become very like culty in what they're saying. It's like everyone's it's like everyone gives the same argument almost word for word. And while they were here, 
the students got an opportunity. They got the chance to question directly the man widely seen as the guardian of the primary, the man who is maybe the most steadfast defender of New Hampshire's privileged position. Bill Gardner and some staff, I assume, walk in. And that's where it started. everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Bill Gardner, for those who are just dropping into Stranglehold for the first time, is New Hampshire's Secretary of State. He's been in that job for a really really long time. He's been the Secretary of State since he was 28 years old. Now he's 71. As Secretary of State, Gardner is New Hampshire's top election official. He's soon going to oversee his 10th presidential primary. And the thing he's best known for might seem kind of small, but it's a really big deal here. Every four years, he sets the date for the first in the nation primary. He watches what other states do to make sure no one jumps ahead of New Hampshire. Last week, Gardner was slated to give a pair of talks at a political convention for college students. The Virginia students filed into the room for one of those talks. The students say Gardner started off talking about the primary and about diversity. And the way he did it made them really uncomfortable. While he was giving us this speech talking about, like, black people, he was like, oh, yeah, the blacks. Yeah. He just kept referring to black people as the blacks. And it was literally three black women sitting directly in front of him. And all of us were just like, I know he did not just say the yeah. blacks. But he kept saying it. We were not in the room to hear this conversation, but we checked in with people who were. A reporter from Politico who was in that room later tweeted that Gardner used this term half a dozen times. Taraje and her classmates were offended. And surprised. But to certain people in New Hampshire, including reporters, this should not have been surprising because Gardner has used this language before in public for anyone to hear. 1964. He's in Alabama. He wants to go to the county that has made, made it the most difficult for the blacks to vote. Lowndes County. Here he is in front of the Senate Election Law Committee just last year. This 17-year-old black... He takes the bullet that was to go into her head because he turned and pushed her aside and he took the bullet for that. It was about voting rights because in that county, not one black had been on the checklist. This is not the kind of thing that has been considered newsworthy in New Hampshire, including by us. Till now. It was definitely uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. What got me feeling a certain type of way was when I swear it was verbatim what he said in episode nine of Stranglehold. <laughs> episode nine. 
In that episode, at a press conference where he was announcing the date of the 2020 primary, I asked Bill Gardner about New Hampshire and the primary and diversity. And he launched into a story he's told many times about New Hampshire's role in integrating Major League Baseball 70 years ago. New Hampshire was the state that let Jackie Robinson become the first black Major League baseball player. Gardner also mentioned this exchange he says he witnessed when Barack Obama was campaigning here. What do you think of this, having to campaign in a place that no one looks like you? And his answer was, well, these people are all Red Sox fans for the most part. And I'm a White Sox fan. And here's the thing. These stories weren't new to these out-of-state students because Dr. Reckendorf had assigned them stranglehold as required listening. And so as Kelsey's hearing Gardner at the student convention, she was like, this sounds familiar. And I'm just like, he's using Obama and Jackie Robinson and Frederick Douglass. So Gardner's talking and the students start texting each other furiously. Some pull out their phones to record. That's how you, that's how the country got to the 1960s. That's how we got to the point where... One of those recording is Taraji Jenkins, 18 years old, down in the front row. Mm-hmm. New Hampshire offers that opportunity. But why aren't you guys Kennedy. willing to give other states this opportunity, especially since they're more diverse? Well, when I first walked in the room, I already had this whole, like, plan. I was like, okay, guys, in the group chat, I'm going to ask them about diversity. Like, should I say this? Should I say that? So I was like, I got to have my facts straight. Um, so I pretty much was doing research as he was talking. I'm like, oh, he's giving us the Barack Obama spiel. He's giving us the Jackie Robinson. I was like, oh, snap, the Red Sox, White Sox. I said, I just heard about that. And so I just started grilling him. I'm like, hey, you know, stop backing away from the question. What makes y'all diverse enough to be first in the nation? If you guys just don't represent America as a whole, diversity why? And look at what states have the highest turnout consistently over New the Hampshire, years. New Hampshire has the highest turnout because y'all are getting personal um, connection with these presidential candidates, but you're not allowing other states to get these personal connections as early as you guys are. So do you get what I mean, if you don't have an answer, that's also okay, but I'm saying... Well, the yeah. answer is that... Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot recreate mm-hmm. what exists in New Hampshire mm-hmm. in another state. Yes, you can. But what if you give and other states that are more diverse socioeconomically, racially, religious-wise, if you give them the opportunity, wouldn't you think that they'll be more civically engaged and have higher voter turnout rates as well? And maybe they can also build up the political um, Well, I don't think that will automatically result in higher voter turnout. Over time? So... Well, take this example. Mm -hmm. And he gave you a couple of anecdotes. Yes. Baltimore can make the case that it is in historic Mm house. And it's not fair that the Statue of Liberty is always in New York. Why don't we tow it to Baltimore? But that's not politics. Politics are so powerful. You guys literally have the chance to pick these presidential candidates almost to be on the ballot. You guys are first in the nation and you guys do not represent America as a whole. It's not diverse enough. So I'm saying, why don't you guys give other states the chance to be as civically engaged? But how, if we don't represent the country, uh-huh. How have the people that have won here have gone on to be president? The country had to elect Because people. you guys are able. 
So I would say in that moment, um, I feel like I was losing um, the ability to kind of earn that political culture. Like I was saying earlier, I feel like because I'm not in New Hampshire, I'm not able to see that political culture that they get. I'm not able to shake all the hands of the political candidates um, or be that involved in politics like they are. I mean, it's literally on their front step. They can just walk out the door and run into Marianne Williamson like I did on the hotel floor. It's a little unfortunate. So I feel like in this moment, I'm like fighting to get some sort of answer out of him to figure out what makes Shaw get first in the nation. And what is the answer? to? Did you get a sense of what the answer to that is? No. no. People say historically <laughs> it's just been here. It's tradition. That's yeah, pretty much all But that getting. really hurts. I feel like you shouldn't say that to a black person. Yeah. Because historically, this nation has not been for us. I mean, it just seems like nobody has a true answer why New Hampshire is still first in the nation when you guys are just not diverse enough to represent America as a whole. I think it's because of the history. Because of the tradition, right? But why can't... Um, okay. You seemed genuinely upset by the end of it. Yes. I mean, first I was upset because I'm like, I'm a jealous Virginia. I'm not going to lie. I'm jealous. I yeah. want to. I want what New Hampshire has. But also I was like, okay, I'm jealous. Second of all, you're calling people blacks. And like right in my face, looking in my eyes like, oh, these blacks, the blacks, the blacks. And I'm like, okay, I'm uncomfortable with that. And then the fact that you simply couldn't give me an answer on diversity, almost as if diversity doesn't really matter to you. So it was like a slap in the face in a way. It sounds too like what I'm hearing is whatever arguments you've heard defending why New Hampshire should be first, you have not heard anything that convinces you. No. No, No, not at all. No way. We asked Secretary Gardner to talk about this interaction and the students' reaction to what he said to them. Through an assistant, he said he had no time to talk to us for at least a week. As our interview was winding down, I asked the VCU students, what are you leaving here with? And they had a mix of responses. They were hopeful, and they were frustrated. They were a little bitter. They were also inspired. I feel like I'm leaving New Hampshire, especially since I'm a freshman, and I don't even have as much experience as like anybody else on the trip. I've definitely left here with a new profound love for politics. But here's what they all say they are leaving New Hampshire with. Something that surprised them. Opportunity. But I also am leaving, um, I hate to say it, but benefiting a little bit from the trip because of the pictures I posted. Someone um, I had an internship with last year has sent me information about doing a higher role in the internship this summer. And so I, I recognize that I may or may not be benefiting from the New Hampshire primary, which... This is the thing, right? So mm-hmm. now you become less objective... I feel, in theory. Yes, yes. And I feel dirty about it because I don't <laughs> I don't like the idea of benefiting off of something that should be for everyone, in my opinion. The Elizabeth yeah. Warren and Biden people set me up with someone in our neck of the woods, like within hours to intern or do stuff. Um, a climate action guy approached yeah. us. Yeah. And um, I'm set up with a the person there now. So, like, I have Not options really. when oh, I go yeah. back. Dang, Just really benefited from the primary. I can acknowledge that it helped me, but I can also acknowledge that it shouldn't have helped me just because I was in here. Yeah. And that's a dirty feeling. It is. Yeah. I feel like I need to go home and shower. 
I really want to thank all of you for coming in here at the tail end of what I know has been a really busy week. If any of you are ever back in New Hampshire, just let us know. I'd be happy to have you back. I would love an internship. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know I want to be a political journalist. I'll be back. Internship. Yeah. Well, you can hook me up with internship. <laughs> If you want to learn a lot more about Bill Gardner, go back and listen to episode one and episode nine. This episode of Stranglehold was produced by me, Jack Rodolico, editing by NHPR's director of content, Maureen McMurray, and news director, Dan Barrick. Additional reporting and editing by Casey McDermott and Josh Rogers. Sound mixing by Rebecca Lavoie. Original music by Jason Moon and Lucas Anderson. Stranglehold is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio. you know and trust is now angie and we're so much more than just a list we still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly we can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish so remember angie's list is now angie and we're here to get your job done right get started at angie.com that's a-n-g-i or download the app today